It's hard to compete in the Pac-12 during your freshman year, but some of the most talented players in one of the best recruiting classes that Utah has ever had should have something to say about that in 2022. You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome in to Locked On Utes. My name is JT Wistersill. We thank you for making Locked On Utes your first listen every day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube. On today's show, we're going to be going over some of the guys that we think will make an impact. Some of the freshman class from this 2022 incoming class are going to make an impact during their first year with Utah football. And in order to help me break that group down, friend of the show, Brian Brown is back. Brian, how are you doing today? Never better than when I'm hanging out on Locked On Youth, JT. Thank you for having me back. I'm shocked, honestly stunned, in awe uh, that the masses didn't revolt against uh, having me back. So um, just really grateful to be here today and uh, very excited to start talking about camp season because we're getting really close. I know there's not an official start date, but uh, <clears throat> my uh, my hunch is that we'll be hearing about that very soon. And I even... Look, man, like I'm in full vacation mode. This is my last week of freedom before the season really starts. So I even put on sleeves today. So, like, I'm really ready to go. Well, we appreciate you coming back on, especially after the would you rather. Come on, those are so much. <laughs> yeah. Who doesn't want to try and figure out whether you want to tackle Tavion Thomas or get, you know, annihilated by Lander Barton? That's exactly <laughs> like, that's way better than spreadsheets and TPS reports. <laughs> And you just mentioned Lander. We're actually going to touch on him in a second. But first, you talked about some of those dates that are coming up for the Pac-12. So this Friday is Pac-12 Media Day. We do have the official time. So Kyle Whittingham will have his press conference at 9.45 Utah time. And we also have the two players confirmed that are going to be there. It's going to be Cam Rising and Clark Phillips III. So no surprises there. Media Day this Friday. Make sure you guys hit us up at the show as well, what you want us to cover and what you're looking for to do most from hearing from Coach Whittingham and these guys that we haven't heard from in a while in preparation for Media Day. But on today's show, as we mentioned, we're going to talk about which of the incoming freshmen, which was the best recruiting class in Utah football history. But as Brian just reminded me, that's already been passed by the 2023 groups that's going to come in here. So shows you what a great job Coach Whittingham, Coach Scally, and the rest of this staff have done recruiting and bringing in talent. But there's going to be time to talk about the future. We want to talk about the present. And the present starts, in my opinion, with Lander Barton. This is a guy that I had heard about the family lineage, but I hadn't gotten a chance to see play in person. And then last year, the very first high school football game I called was Lander Barton playing for Brighton. And he was an absolute star. He dominated every aspect of that game. Even at an interception, he returned 91 yards to the house. And I'm like, okay, this is what makes this guy special. And this guy needs to be a Ute. And thankfully, they were able to lock him in and make sure they could keep that family lineage of the Bartons coming through Utah, which was a huge thing as well for this team. So Lander coming in, I'm really excited to watch him play. And I think he's going to make an instant impact in year one. Brian, what excites you most about Lander as a player? Uh, just what I saw from him in the spring, you know, outside of the measurables and, you know, you talked very in depth about the family lineage. There's a lot to love about Leonard Barton. Um, he's a legitimate 6'3". He may even be 6'4". 
you know, it, and and he was a grown man even as a junior in high school, let alone going into his senior year. And so now he's been in the program for a few months. But really what gets me excited about him is is just what I saw, and especially if you go back and watch the spring game, his ability to make the reads. You know, Utah is changing up their defensive uh, system, just a little slight, slight tweak. So where, whereas the defensive line would actually try to hold up the blockers and let the linebackers flow when he had just, you know, the insane talents of Nephi Sewell and Devin Lloyd, it makes a ton of sense to do that. Now they're going to try and get the defensive lineman upfield because you have so much talent on the defensive line. You can rotate it through. You can be a little bit more aggressive. But I saw Lander take on blocks and shed blocks in a, in a really impressive fashion for an incoming freshman, but also watched him in coverage be able to get sideline to sideline, get the team lined up. And so for him to be so far ahead of the curve in that regard, especially with the depth that they have in that linebacker room, very promising um, and just really excited to see what he does as he works continuing going forward. Yeah, you talked about the flashes we saw in the spring game. And if you guys aren't aren't convinced about how good he's going to be based on the breakdown that Brian just gave you, this is a guy that Jim Harbaugh flew in to watch. The khakis were at Brighton High School in full fashion, trying to get this guy to come all the way over to Michigan. He said no, decided to stay home. And speaking of his play kind of at Brighton, just a couple of his numbers that really stand out over the past few seasons. We talked about a four-star recruit. He was the number one recruit overall in the state of Utah by 24-7 Sports, the 17th ranked linebacker nationally. He recorded 122 tackles his senior year, eight sacks, had 139 tackles his junior year with 12 and a half tackles for loss and four and a half sacks. And he was even a threat as a receiver as well. We talked about some of those interceptions. He was able to return to the house. He played a lot as a tight end. So he's got the good hands to be able to create some of those turnovers. And that's something that, of course, you had a guy in Devin Lloyd who was unbelievable at forcing turnovers last year. He had two of the most impressive interceptions by a youth last season, the one versus Washington State where he dove forward. And then, of course, the one versus Stanford where he had that rocket ball coming out from McKee and he was still able to grab and secure it. Actually, McKee might have been hurt that game. But either way, incredible play by Barton. And I think, as you talked about, Brian, he's a guy that's going to step up right away. And Devin, you're not going to fill the Devin Lloyd void, but I think this is the best way to go about doing it is a guy like Lander Barton. And he's someone too. You just stand next to him and you're like, that's a football player. <laughs> yeah. The the physical, like anytime, and I'm not a small guy by any means, but standing next to Lander Barton, and I feel like I'm a little bit like undersized and not obviously in width. There's very few things in the world that are wider than me, but just in his height, his reach, the way that he moves, um, it's a very impressive thing um, to have that coming in as a freshman, but also to have him stepping into a role that seems ready-made for him. Yeah, he's going to be a lot of fun to watch play, and he's going to be the main guy of this freshman group that contributes year one as a linebacker. Another guy we thought might be able to contribute was, Car was Carson Tabarachi, and he transferred. And it was kind of like, okay, why did he transfer? So, of course, Lander Barton. Like, But that was his friend, so he, he knew how good Lander was. He knew Lander was going to play. But I actually think it was someone else, and I think it was Medlock, who looked unbelievable in spring ball, Justice Medlock. I think he was unbelievable, had a great spring ball, is another guy, a hard hitter coming over from Texas as well. Excuse me, Justin Medlock actually just realized, messed that up. But he is another guy that I think it's going to be hard behind a guy like Karene Reed as well and a couple of these other linebackers, Diabate coming over from Florida. It might be hard for him to see some time, but he's the guy if there's an injury amongst that linebacker corpse, I think he can come in and do a really good job, even in year one. He's a guy the coaches are excited about because he's a hard-hitting backer. Yeah, and you're going to see a lot of medlock this year regardless because Utah's not going to play 4-2-5 every single down. Um, they're going to mix and match personnel, 
Medlock has great side-to-side ability. You know, you're going to see a lot of Karenny Reed out there, but they want to put Karenny in that rover position. And so you're going to see Justin and, and Lander kind of man that, that, that Mike backer, that middle backer position more or less. And I think you'll also see some rotations because you're going to want to confuse the offense as much as possible. And when you have a talent like Medlock, he's got to see the field, especially nowadays where the portal is, is becoming such a – not just a phenomenon in football, a cultural phenomenon, and now we're hearing rumors of like just unlimited transfers. You've got to get those guys who can play on the field, and, and Utah will find ways to do that, whether it's through personnel packages, whether it's through you know rotating, whatever it is. And and the bottom line is Medlock proved that he's he deserves a spot. And for those of us who, who stay deep in the know, we kind of knew coming in that he was a – uh, a hidden jewel of that recruiting class. You look at his uh, national composite ranking over at uh, 24/7 Sports, and he's an 88.59. So uh, 1.00 would be you know top top rated, 100% like the best ever recruit ever. So you think like oh he's an 88 rating. That's that's pretty good, but that rating was not nearly indicative of how talented he is, especially when you compare the fact that he was neck for neck. Um, with Lander Barton, who was a 95 uh, per that composite rating. So uh, just a really talented player. And, and that linebacker group is absolutely stacked. So for him to stand out um, in that crew, you know that he's he's really deserving of it because that's a tough that that's a tough group to make an impact in because there are so many guys there. And it's also a coach in Colton Swan who really demands a lot of his players, has very high expectations, but he meets those expectations with so much enthusiasm and energy and, and just coaching passion. In fact, if I were to pick two of the most passionate coaches in terms of like uh, how much effort, well, it's, it's tough. It, but Jim Harding, Colton Swan, Sharif Shaw, all three of those guys are, you know, top of the books. But you mentioned Carson Tabarachi. I, I think Tabo saw the writing on the wall, right? You know, came into Utah – knew what to expect but if you're not going to be playing like I can totally understand wanting to go someplace else and you know it's it's look if you're going to be playing in Salt Lake City and you're going to be seeing the field it's worth going through all the hard stuff that you have to go through but if you're not yeah go get an NIL deal somewhere else you know go hang out in LA like I have no problems with that I get why Utah (laughs) fans do um, but as someone who like I would have loved that opportunity coming out of college to, to like, make money playing football. I had to pay money playing football, you know, like, um, so it's just, I understand it and I get it. Uh, but you know, it just goes to show how deep that room is and how much talent's in there and, and really how hard you have to compete if you want to survive. Yeah. You talked about it. Medlock is a phenomenal player and it's exciting to see the impact it's going to have even in that first year because of those defensive changes that Utah is going to be making team-wise. Brian, those were the main guys that I really thought defensively would contribute in their very first year as freshmen. Are there any other guys you think could factor in? Yeah, I, I think we're we likely no, um, you know, not in terms of freshmen. Chase Kennedy is somebody I have my eye on, but that's another situation and position where there's a lot of talent there. Um, he's an edge out of Texas, 6'3", 225, but a lot of hype coming in following him. Uh, another player, not a freshman, but Jaden Pearson, uh, the Juco transfer. That's one that I'm very curious to see how that, that works out. Also Clayton Isbell, who is a transfer portal player from Illinois state. Um, I think he'll be immediate, you know, uh, potential player in that group, uh, in terms of plug and play, but, uh, freshman, freshman's going to be tough. 
Yeah, it's always hard. My, my headphones cut out for some reason there. I was like, wait a second, I can't hear myself anymore. <laughs> Gotta love live producing everything like that, right? Yeah, um, live, right? <laughs> another transfer, you know, Gabe Reed, we've heard a lot about Gabe and Modi Abate, but in terms of freshmen, it's going to be a tough, tough situation. And there are a few guys that I'm really curious about where they fit in position-wise, like Teo Johnson from Idaho. Does he end up at wide receiver? Do they switch him to the defensive side of the football? And if they do, that brings some intrigue to me because he could be, you know, a, a corner safety type player where you know he's got some speed and some real potential to where you maybe you see him in some packages um the other one that i'm really curious about and and i know that the uh program is really high on him as a wide receiver but sydney mabanasaur from uh pflugerville texas um you know six five two hundred but we may see him at some point in time work at edge because we've seen the same thing with connor o'toole so that's something that i'll be keeping my eye on and trying to work the sources to find out about in camp and, and see because you know that kind of frame his kind of bend his kind of athleticism that's a guy that if he really can convert to the position and, and this is me entire speculating entirely i haven't heard anything about it but it just watching his tape seeing the measurables it makes sense that that would be something that i could see uh standing out but the rest of this group you know jocelyn malaska is going to be you know a, a steady project he's going to be a safety so you know how morgan scally works on his safeties you know we also know yeah you know, there's one that I, I forgot. I, I, it's funny. You know, we prepped for this, and I knew I absolutely had to talk about this guy. And I almost forgot it. But Sione Vaki, we forget he's a freshman, you mm-hmm. know. And so that's, you know, that's a guy that I look at and think to myself, like, okay, yeah, Sione's a guy that we really need to, uh, to to prop up because we saw it in the spring game, saw it during spring ball. You know, he was one of, the, one of those guys that Kyle Whittingham talked about a lot after practice. And so I feel very confident that he's going to be an impact guy. He's likely not going to start. That's going to be Cole Bishop and RJ Hubert, in my opinion. But you're going to see a lot of him, especially when Utah runs that three-safety look against the, the heavier passing teams. Yeah, there is a ton of guys there. And one of the things that does get overlooked sometimes is, like, it is so hard to compete as a freshman because you are going against guys who are just like you, except they've been in the, the room, they've been training, taking the coaching, under the strict dieting for four years. So it's so hard. They're the ones that have developed. It's like looking in a mirror in some ways. But it just takes that time to develop a little bit more. And it's going to be really fun to see how this group progresses. And we're going to talk about how overall this group progresses at the very end, what they look like once we've had a complete chance the next four years to evaluate this class. But we're going to take talk about the offensive guys we think could play into year one in a second. But first, I want to take an opportunity to tell you guys about Built Bar Coconut Brownie Chunk Puff. From the people who invented healthy and tasty comes the latest gift to your taste buds. You've probably tried the amazing Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Bar, but guess what? Your friends at Built have given Coconut Brownie Chunk Puffs the treatment. You guys know about Built Bar, one of the most reliable brands in the business. They bring the taste as well as give you that little bit of a boost to your day that you always need. Make sure to look out for Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Bar, the flavor you love in a deliciously chewy marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. It's like a fluffy cloud of chocolate, excuse me, of coconut brownie goodness. Chocolate Brownie Chunk Puffs are here for a limited time. Go to Built.com now. Make sure you don't miss out. They're going fast because they taste amazing. Delicious, coconut-rich, sweet brownie, creamy marshmallow. Stop fantasizing. Get to Built.com. Order your box of Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Puffs right now. Offer. Go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo LOCKED15. So talked about the defense. Lander Barton, Medlock. These are guys that are going to play and be a big factor. I think offensively it's going to be a little tougher because you don't lose as many guys year one, especially when you're looking at 
or like along the offensive line. It is almost impossible to come in your very first year and start along the offensive line unless you are one of the best prospects in the company. Wide receivers can be more common depending on if you are an athletic freak. But even receive, Utah's had some receivers the past few years now that have had a chance to kind of grow and develop. So I think it's going to be hard there as well. There's some talented quarterbacks in this Utah recruiting class. They're not going to have an opportunity to see the field because not only is their cam rising, but there's one of the biggest storylines going into the season is that battle for QB2. And there's two really qualified guys in Jaquindon Jackson and Bryson Barnes who are capable of taking it. So the guy I actually think is going to be the biggest factor in year one for the Utes as a true freshman is Jalen Glover. I mean, he's the guy coming over from Florida. I think he's a total package at the running back position. Number one thing when you're looking at a running back, like what does he have is just he have those massive plots. And he absolutely has that. He's a guy who's going to be able to run people over. Not the tallest guy in the world, but definitely shifty as well, can run over or around you. And I think he's going to end up being running back by the time the season is done. Brian, what are your thoughts on Glover? Uh, I'm going to disagree with you, but only on one thing. I think he ends up being running back one by the time the season is done. And I understand everybody's talking about Tavion Thomas and the production went last year, but Glover is that dude. And, and we saw it from day one in spring ball. It continued throughout the season. He handles his business. He's extremely coachable. He came in in shape, ready to go. And his work ethic is going to set the tone for that room. And that's a major positive. You know, I think he and Quinton Ganther clicked immediately, which, you know, that was a big concern because Kyle McDonald is such a prolific recruiter. You know, he's so great with those kids. And and Q is a very different guy. They, you know, he's like – Kyle was like the cool uncle. Q's like the old school, the the OG uncle that's just out there, like, telling him, no, 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 that's not how you do it. You do it like this. Let me show you. You know what I mean? And it's funny because at some point this summer we saw that clip of him doing uh, one-on-ones from uh, back in his days in Jacksonville. Like, he's still got that juice. Um, and so you've really got to fight and compete to be one of his guys. Now, that's not to say that Tavion isn't a, a dude that's going to be, you know, a, a part of this program. But I just – I believe that firmly in Jalen Glover. I've seen it up close. I've seen the work ethic. Injuries always play a factor. And so – what I really think has happened is Jalen set the tone. And so other guys are going to have to compete with that. And this is a work first program at Utah, right? Like, like you've seen it up close. I've seen it like guys who don't work, just don't get on the field. And so if he's outworking everybody with his talent level, with what we've seen, you talked about the quads, you know, leads to have him having incredible balance. He's incredibly gifted speed wise, great vision. You know, we, we, the hard part about it is that with his size, it is a very eerie, uh, you know, a uh, combination of almost like Zach Moss with Zach's balance and ability to start, stop, and go, and Ty Jordan, you know, and, and just he is such a uh, powerful back already, and, and for him to step in in a spring ball and do that well, you know, the questions are always going to be, you know, how well do you handle your plays because you've got to know everything. And the, the, the bigger question for me is even going to be like, where's your pass, bro? You know, how's your pass, bro? Where are you at in the scheme? Are you going to be able to line up in the slot? And you've got a guy with Makai Bernard who can do everything. He's a Swiss Army knife for running backs, you know. So I think <clears throat> strong endorsement, obviously, from me. You know, I, and and you know, I'm, it doesn't matter who ends up at RB one. Utah's going to be in great shape, uh, even if they get down to RB four, because we started to see things from uh, Ricky Parks that were that were really promising. You know, so they've got a lot of talent in that room. But I think it just really speaks volumes to who Jalen Glover is. Yeah, I, I think that's so true. And you talked about it as well. Like he's a guy, you talk to him and you're like, Are you a coach's son or something? Like every answer you say is one hundred percent correct. Like it sounds like, oh, what 
players would you? I talked about this with Clark Phillips a lot yesterday. Like, what are the qualities of the form player? Coachable, good leader, team first guy. Check, check, check. When you're talking about Jalen Glover, he's a guy as well. Um, at Lake Gibson High School, recorded a total of six thousand ninety-six total rushing yards, eighty touchdowns, thirty-two one hundred-yard rushing games. Going back to his senior year, had two hundred seventy-two carries for two thousand. 73 yards, 7.6 yards per carry as well, and 26 touchdowns his senior year, rushing for 100-plus yards in nine games just last year alone. And you mentioned that vision as well. This is the Utah offensive line that's going to give you some opportunity to break some runs. We saw Tavion take advantage of that last year, and Glover's going to have a chance to take advantage of that this year too. So I definitely agree. I definitely get what you're saying as well. It will be interesting to see kind of who wins that running back one spot. That was something we didn't know if Tavion was – what was to expect last year it was such a yeah. crapshoot early on amongst the running backs and Tavion kind of took it. So be interesting to see again, especially if that's something where what if Tavion's fumbling issues pop back up mm-hmm. again, Jalen seems like a guy who's pretty sure handed. So that's something where he could definitely take that job for himself. Yeah. It'd be very and interesting to see. Injuries are always a huge factor with that too, right? Like Tavion was fairly durable, but he didn't play the entire season. And we did start to see him get nicked up towards the end. You know, it's like, it's, and, and look, here's the bottom line. Tavion is a very explosive athlete. He's an incredible football player, but he's got to take responsibility for, you know, his conditioning. He's got to take responsibility for doing the things off the field that, we, you know, we've heard some rumblings here and there about, like, you know, issues and things like that and, and whatnot. So nothing that I know like, can, or can confirm, but, you know, like just the, the, the rock-solid example, like you talked about, Jalen, he feels like a coach's kid because he comes from a community that was really like a strong, powerful influence on him. You know, I know people kind of knocked like his commitment ceremony and the video and everything like that. I loved it because it showed how involved everybody else is in his life and just how, you know, this is a kid that comes in very self-assured, you know, and he comes in with a lot of confidence and he showed it already in spring and for him to just spring forward, you know, that's, I'm excited about that. And we've talked a lot about him, you know, because he is the most likely freshman to, to explode. But there's some other guys in this crew, too, that I like. Yeah, who, who are a couple of those guys? Because Glover's the main one. We're both thinking him as well on offense. But who, for, when we're talking about year one, because we're going to talk about the future of this class, but are, do you think there's anyone else offensively in year one who will make that impact? Tao Johnson is a guy that I'm really curious to see what happens. We talked about him a little bit in the previous segment, you know, if he ends up on the defensive side of the ball. He came came to Utah as an athlete, 6'2", 180, very explosive runner, played quarterback uh, for his high school team in Idaho. Um, should <laughs> He should be rated a lot higher than he is. He's an 86. Uh, I would have put him at an 89, almost 90 now. After talking to the recruiting uh, recruiting guys with 24-7 Sports, they all agree with me. You know, Biggie, Greg Biggins, uh, uh, Brandon Huffman, and uh, why is uh, Blair Angulo uh, slipping my mind? You know, they all say the same thing. Like, they, they wanted to rate him higher, but there's just some, some contingencies with where he's coming from, where he played against, everything like that, that they had to have to kind of protect themselves in that regard. But I think he could be a very explosive athlete for Utah and I'm very curious to see how they use him. I think he's a guy kind of guy that if you with what we saw, here's the here's the hard part about Utah, right? Like their bread and butter is going to be that run game, cam rising in the pass game, throwing to the tight ends, play action, all the stuff we saw last year. But there's they're going to have to get more versatile because teams are going to start game planning for that all year long now. We talked about it in our would you rather like <laughs> You, you know, you're just not going to stop Dalton Kincaid, right? Like, there's a reason that dude can dunk at 6'4", mm-hmm. and why that's such a valuable asset on the football field. But I do think that, you know, Utah's going to have to be a little bit more versatile and have to go into the 
some four and five wide receiver sets. Now you'll use Makai Bernard a little bit in that. You'll use some of the other guys. Love what I saw from Makai Cope. Devon Veles, you know, I think this is finally the year that he becomes a star. You know, I think mentally is where he's always really kind of had to put it together. The physical stuff was there. But I think it's come together. He's got that confidence, that connection with Cam. We saw Cam play really well. But I think Teo's a guy who could step in and be a slot guy and really do some unique things. Um, you know, another one that's very, that I'm very curious about is Luca Calderella, uh, who's a Cerritos College. Yeah, he's in, in theory transfer, but was injured his senior year. Kind of a funny backstory, but he was a guy that a lot of put, like a lot of teams were really high on. In fact, I think his very first offer was Arizona State. You know, and for a kid who never really even played his senior year of high school football, like to have all these Pac-12 schools interested in him, he's coming to Utah. So I'm very curious to see what he does in camp. His size and the fact that he's a year removed give me some very uh, unique thoughts you know in terms of what he might be able to produce because he's 6'4 200 pounds and that's a pretty decent sized guy you know like I said very under the radar recruit uh, wasn't even rated by 24 7 so that's one that I'm very curious about um you know uh we're talking freshman right so so we'll leave the the rhino Logan Kendall off the table for that one but that's one that I would definitely mention otherwise um you know, you mentioned offensive line. There are two very talented offensive linemen and Tyler, Tyler Kanak and um, uh, Keith Olson that are coming into the program, but they're not going to see the field, and that's a good thing because Utah's yep. got plenty of depth on the offensive line, and uh, Utah fans should should breathe a deep sigh of relief that that's the case. Yeah, especially when you use guys like Nick Ford and Bam Olson. That's something we spent a lot of last Friday's show talking about, like why I do feel this offensive line is actually going to be a strength for this team. and. 2022 and because of that recruiting depth you just mentioned should be one long term as well so mm -hmm. definitely the immediate future for this utah team is bright brian did you want to have one more thing i do have a question for you do you yeah. think we see anything from nate johnson the the heralded four-star quarterback recruit this year i personally do not i just hmm. think there's i think there's excitement there i just think it's going to be hard I'm curious to see your thoughts about that. And actually, a little bit of a tease. We're going to touch on that, your thoughts on Nate Johnson, when we come back in just a moment. Because first, I want to tell you guys about InterCap lending. There's a reason no lender helps more families in Utah with their mortgage need. InterCap gets deals done. Quick and simple process. InterCap closes loans for two weeks faster than the industry average. And that is what Locked On's personal loan officer, Steve Carter, has delivered to hundreds of Locked On listeners so far, including Locked On's founder, David Locke. And let's be honest, if Steve can help David on track through the entire process, Steve can help anyone. And though InterCap is new to Locked On Utes, it's not new to helping customers out. They've been filling mortgage needs since 1978, so 43 years of experience. And Steve Carter has been providing Locked On listeners with the best experience since 2018. Intercap is headquartered here in Utah, but licensed to help all of your mortgage needs in 40 states. Give Steve a call at 385-800-8528. You will not find a more responsive loan officer. NMLS number 190465. So before we did that, Adri, Brian, you wanted to talk about a very special recruit coming in. And that's guy who plays the quarterback position. It's a very crowded room right now, but what are your expectations for Nate Johnson kind of going forward? And maybe even this year. Yeah, what what it is is it's the physical gifts. You know, he's got an arm that can throw the ball a mile. You know, a lot of twitch in, in his body, and that's a weird thing to say. But, uh, you know, when you get into these scouting terms, like say things like sand in the pants, kid's got a lot of twitch, all that kind of stuff, you just kind of have to set it aside and, and embrace the weird. But 
his speed and that 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 ability to quick twitch, cut, turn, get upfield, I think will lead to him being a very fascinating prospect from this class. Not only you know he knows he's still a very raw talent in terms of his you know quarterback mechanics, abilities, you know making reads, getting through the progressions, everything like that. I think that's one reason why he's very enthusiastic about committing to Utah. You've seen what Utah's developed here with their quarterback factory. Um, you know Tyler Huntley excelling in the NFL. I think. And look, like that's not even a biased topic, right? There are teams out there like like fan bases, not even Utah related, that are like, we want Tyler Huntley. Because Mike, Greenberg. See, Mike Greenberg yeah. on, uh, said there are not 32 quarterbacks in the NFL who are better than him. Yeah, so I mean, like, like I'm taking my 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 youth colored glasses off for a second and seeing that, you know, and then Cam Rising is is inevitably going to be an NFL quarterback. I think he'll be a first round pick. We'll wait and see how that shakes out. You never can tell with draft stuff, um, but he has that talent and that ability. It'll just all kind of depend on him staying healthy. I think that Cam is further ahead than Tyler ever was um, in this program, and I think you know he has the tools and the abilities to do it as well, especially with the evolution of the game. And so Nate Johnson is looking at that and thinking, like, man, like even Jaquin and Jackson, and you and I both saw it this this spring, you know. And I think this is one of those areas where you may have had a little bit of an advantage, you know, being inside the program. You got to see a little bit more up close. Jaquin is taking huge, huge strides, and so I think that's one thing that that attracted Nate. But also, we saw some things from Brandon Rose that were really impressive, you know. So you've got two very talented quarterback um, recruits coming into this class, two guys that I kind of look at and 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 want to circle on that you know uh that uh <clears throat> uh that list and say these are the guys to watch and the the other crazy part about it is more than likely you know one of them won't finish their career with the university of utah but you have two of those very talented guys that have very high ceilings yeah so true and i mean i think the same thing goes for a guy like depending on the kind of type of off season you know, like johnson has is jaquindon here is bryson here they're both guys have shown little things that's what makes it so interesting is, you know, these guys put in so much time and they love being youths, but you eventually want to reap the benefits of all the time you put in. And that's not always easy to do, especially because it's more than likely Cam decides to go after this year. It feels that way at least. But what if he decided maybe he has an injury or something or who knows? And maybe it's just like, ah, you know what? I'm going to come back for one more year. Then what does that do to the quarterback room? It's not a done deal. He's going to go. So be very interesting to see. So, Brian, was there anyone else that just for the future, like you think three years from now, Utah fans are going to be like, man, look at that guy, especially that we haven't talked about yet. Yeah, so I think Luca Calderello was one that I, that I was very, I'm very intrigued by. And I think that, you know, if he has and continues the kind of trajectory that, that we've seen from him early on, that could be a very sneaky good get for, by the University of Utah. Mentioned Tyler Canock, you know, I think he's already demonstrated his love and his passion for the University of Utah. We saw him getting reps early on. This is a guy that is committed to working hard. He's aggressive. People love his mindset. He loves the University of Utah. I love Tyler. Uh, so if Tyler's out there listening, buddy, you know I love you already. We've had some good conversations. He's a really fun kid. He's on top of things, you know, and he has so much passion for this program. So I don't know that he's necessarily the one that's going to creep up and surprise anybody. Um, you know, as you look over this list, we've talked about Teo Johnson. I mentioned Sidney uh, Mabanasor from uh, Pflugerville. He's another one that I'm really curious about. Um, hard not – like, this is the weird part about Utah recruiting is you're starting to see these guys um, really – step into roles early on because Utah's getting such good talent. You don't see a lot of under-the-radar guys. Now, Chris Reed is a guy that came out of Florida. I'm very curious about him. I think he could be one of those guys where it's just like he pops onto the scene and everybody's just like, where did he come from? 
so that's kind of the one that I'll that I'll I'll focus in on throughout this whole conversation. Uh, also, shout out to my cousin Chris Reed, who is not a wide receiver at the University of Utah, but shares the name with him. So, du- double double barrels there with that one. Always nice to give a shout out as well. So yeah, it's, it is really cool as you talked about how just talented this Utah class is. Well, these are guys we all know their names because of how highly they come in recruited. And it's impressive for a team like Utah that they really have been able to take advantage of that recruiting coach. Because I think for a lot of people on the outside, they would look at Coach Whittingham and they might go, I don't know if he's a recruiting guy. And then you go, well, no, he absolutely is. Look at all the results and everything he's done. And the same thing goes for a guy like Morgan Scally, who we've talked about before. Just the way he recruits Texas is incredible. And he does a really good job. That's why this Utah team is in a really good place for a long time to come. So, Brian, before we get out of here, I wanted to rank kind of our top three guys that we think are going to be those year one big contributors in terms of the impact they have in their first season. So I'm going to go first. I think Lander Barton, I think he's going to leave the biggest mark. So he's my number one. Number two, I am going to go Jalen Glover. You talked about it, and you you may even have Jalen number one. I don't even know based on what you're talking about him right now. Um, and then I got Justin Medlock at number three. And hearing your endorsement makes me feel even stronger about having him at number three with how much we're probably going to see him right away so do you have those three guys but the order might be a little different i would love to throw a curveball at everybody but you and i are on the same page here and and that's no surprise Uh, i think you and i think very similarly we see the game the same way and and you know we've both had an opportunity to see it up close and in a different you know different level and everything like that so uh, you're, you're spot on with the list. I, I can't really make as much as I would love to put Jalen out there. Number one, he's just not going to have the same impact from every single down. He's not in command of the offense the way that Lander Barton is. Now, uh, obviously, injuries are always the, the 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 asterisk that I put next to everything whenever I say these kinds of things. But I think Lander is going to be an absolute uh, you know star for the University of Utah for three years sorry gang <laughs> like it's not gonna <laughs> that's just how it's gonna be same with Jalen you know I think Jalen's gonna step into this role and I don't I don't see him slowing down you know just like a breakaway run he's not gonna stop till he hits pay dirt um and that's part of the reason why he is where he's at and he's in the right place to do it too um <clears throat> and like you said about Medlock it's just that linebacker position is too wide open and and we talk about these young guys. It's not any disrespect meant to Kareni Reed, but it's just that position group has so much opportunity there. And and Karene, you know, as great as he was last year, you know, and, and is is set in stone as he is as the leader of that group and the likely starter. He's gonna have to concede that like some some of these guys are gonna have to play because they're just that good. And and there's just no other position on the field really that there's an opening for another guy to like step in. And, and, and outperform any of those three. So you've got to lock down. Sorry, gang. I know everybody wanted something like crazy kooky, like, yeah, I'm going to pick the punter or something like that. Yeah. But uh, uh, couldn't do it. Had to stick to uh, had to stick to stick the uh, lo- the logical side rather than the uh, crazy brown bear side of things. Yeah, we haven't really had a big disagreement yet. We'll have to see if that comes up during the season. But I do think we see things too similar. It's probably what happens. <laughs> brother, man, we're both offensive linemen at heart. Like, like you and I love food. Like, you know, yeah. like we have too many. Like, we're talking Marvel before here, talking about Nope, all that good stuff. Like, that, there's too much commonalities. I mean, it's not like I may have seen that ahead of time where I was like, hey, you guys should look at JT for this show or something like that. No, but uh, like I, I want to spread the offensive lineman love across the world and let people know that there's a reason why we're the best position group in football. And, uh, you know, we're just proving it every single time you and I get together on the show. That's a perfect way to end it. Well, extremely well said. For more, Brian, make sure you guys hit him up at Brown Bear SLC on Twitter. 
You guys can look me up as well. I'm at JT on Twitter. Make sure you guys hit up, hit up the show as well. We thank you guys for making Locked On Utes your first listen. But if you're looking for your second listen, make sure you guys head over to Locked On Pac-12. You can make it your second listen every day with, with host Spencer McLaughlin and local experts of Locked On take you across the Pac-12 in 30 minutes. Make Locked On Pac-12 your second listen every day. And I'm going to be appearing on Locked On Pac-12 this week as well. So make sure you guys check out that feed if you don't get enough of me five times a week on this show. So huge thanks to Brian once again. Tomorrow we're going to be talking about this 2023 Utah recruiting class. So if you enjoyed hearing about the guys today, make sure you guys come back tomorrow. But have a great Tuesday, and we'll see you tomorrow on Locked On News.